and welcome to the Pumping Irony Podcast. This is episode 8. Our podcast is three friends living in Columbia, Maryland, talking about things we like and things we dislike. I'm your host, my name is Tim, and with me is Russ. I'm Russ. And Andrew. I am also here. <laughs> Great. So Columbia, Maryland, founded by Jim Rouse, the grandfather of Edward Ed Norton. Norton. Did you know that? I did not know that. He actually grew up and, uh, and spent some time in living in Columbia, Maryland. Awesome. So I know he's come back a couple times for like stuff at the uh, Jim Rouse Theater and, and, and dedications to that. So yes, our, our town is semi-famous. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get into it. Uh, episode 8, like I said, and um, we're going to go around and do a round of things we like, and then we'll take a break and then go around uh, things we dislike. So I'm going to start out this week, and my like is uh, a sketch comedy show on the IFC network called Portlandia. Hmm. Has any of you guys seen it? I've seen clips. I've seen, okay. Yeah, I think I've seen clips. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're short episodes. There's only been like 57 um, episodes in six seasons, and the, the sixth season just finished up um, in a couple months ago in March. Um, but it's it's uh, it stars Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Armisen from Saturday Night Live, yeah. and um, and then Carrie Brownstein. She's um, she was in a band, um, uh, a '90s band called Slater Kinney, and they actually have reformed and they released a really really good album last year. Um, and I first started hearing Carrie Brownstein when she was she would contribute to a, one of my favorite podcasts, which is NPR's All Songs Considered. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know she lives out in Portland, and she would report on on music. and And so that's when I first heard her. And then um, through that, I, I heard that she was going to start this TV show um, with Fred Armisen, who, in, in his own right, is a very accomplished musician. He started out as a musician and played drums in some bands okay. when he was growing up. So, and, and he's now the current um, musical director for Seth Meyers' late night show. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's a really good musician, and he, he's really funny too. Funny um, so, Portlandia is—it uh, takes place in the city of Portland, Oregon, and uh, like I said, it's a half-hour comedy sketch show, and and Fred and Carrie play all kinds of characters, and they have, like, tons of guest stars. The basic concept is that it kind of lovingly skewers hipster culture mm-hmm. out there in the in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, and so they're definitely in on the joke, and, and they actually, you know, Carrie Brownstein is a Portland resident, and, and, and so <laughs> they just talk about what it's like living in the mm-hmm. Northwest and living in Portland. And, you know, the, the hipsters, the, the hippies, the... Um, all those people is kind of a mishmash of cultures out there, out there in Portland, and um, and so I think it's perfect for the the channel it's on IFC, which is the Independent Film Channel, mm-hmm. and it's it has a very indie feel to it. Um, but some of the characters they play are they do play characters named Fred and Carrie, which are themselves, <laughs> but kind of exaggerated right. versions of themselves. Like sure. they they they, uh, they share a bedroom, they share a house, and they have they share twin beds. In there and have a C and a F on, and, and so it's kind of like um, what they said is their in, their relationship is inspired by Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street. Um, but some of the other characters like uh, Candace and Tony, there's these two female um, operators of this so the Women and Women First feminist bookstore, and so Fred Fred dresses in women's clothes a lot um, in this. And so it's it's this ultra feminist bookstore, which is actually filmed in a feminist bookstore in Portland. <laughs> so there really is a bookstore like that. Um, but they're 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 really militant feminists. Um, and, and 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 through what one of the, one of the series, I think it's uh, season four. They actually talk about their background, and they used to be like high powered lawyers, and and they they kind of ditched it all to to get back to their roots of what it means to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nina and Lance, this is a couple uh, living together. Uh, the twist on that is that Carrie plays the guy, Lance, and Fred plays the the woman, Nina. And Lance is like this man-man's, you know, he's got a mustache and he drives motorcycles. <laughs> and then um, Nina is this very high-maintenance his high maintenance girlfriend and, and all the stuff that they get into. Um, Spike and Iris is this hipster um, couple. Constantly looking for what's more authentic, more undiscovered. Uh, they, you know, this whole thing about like, you know, they're gonna not drive cars anymore because of their carbon footprint, and they're on these bicycles, and they're 
you know, they're fighting against all the traffic and, <laughs> and, um, even has like the, the good makeup because the spike has these big, what do you call those ear things? Um, oh, the studs, the or, studs, whatever, uh, where there's big rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, the most common guest star is, is Kyle, um, McLaughlin. He plays the mayor of Portland. They just call him Mr. Mayor. <laughs> and the, um, the former mayor of Portland, the real former mayor of Portland, would play his assistant, <laughs> who was always doing stuff. So, um, there's, I mean, all kinds of guest stars uh, that show up like pretty much mm-hmm. every season. Um, Ed Begley Jr., Jeff Goldblum, Kumal Nanjini is on it a lot. Steve Buscemi, uh, all of the, a lot of the uh, SNL um, alum, Jason Sudeikis, Seth Meyers, uh, Andy Samberg. They all kind of show up over the seasons and, and play guest stars. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite, uh, a couple early ep- favorite episodes is that, uh, I forget which characters they were, but they're living in this house and they, they discovered that their maid is actually Amy Mann, the, the musician, um, <laughs> who, who, who needed to get to work because so she's their maid and then they find out it's Amy Mann. So they, they start having her play like these private concerts for just for them, they, she's like, "You guys can invite them." No, no, no. And they, 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 you know, order her to play the songs they want to hear, and <laughs> and you know, she's she's doing all this, and then the the, the kind of the, the skit ends when she leaves the house, and there's Sarah McLaughlin as their gardener, <laughs> and uh, so they have this little this little moment. Another one is um is they they got into they talked about binge watching where they they started watching uh, Battlestar Galactica. Um, like, like Carrie, Carrie was supposed to leave for some event and, and, and Fred's like, Hey, just watch one episode. And then she watches one episode and then it says like, you know, two episodes later, she's like, well, I called my friends. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> and then over the thing, they kept watching more episodes. It's like one week later, it's like, Oh, I just got fired from my job. And then they, they get to the very end of the, of the, of the, of the whole series. And they're like, what, there's no more. And so they, they try to find Ronald Moore. Um, and, and he's, oh, he's living in Portland. And so they go to Ronald Moore's house that is not the real Ronald Moore it's this mm-hmm. older African American gentleman and his wife <laughs> and they're like yeah he's like yeah I'll start writing more episodes and so they they get the some of the cast together they got they have this new episode and and um there's Edward James almost and the guy that plays Gaius is on there and he's like really excited to be to be reprising his role and and um and then the the real actual Ronald Ronald Moore is like this voice actor that shows up to do some parts <laughs> and uh and of course it, it ends with Edward James almost storming out because he doesn't like the <laughs> the way this the the plot is being written. That's great. And uh the very first episode from season six, this last season, was pretty funny because um the whole episode was based around this festival that was coming to Portland, and the, these uh, two of the characters they couldn't get tickets, so they decided they were going to watch it remotely by by having these um, hover hover craft drones. hover drones with cameras on it and have these big giant heads, and they were going to watch the whole concert from the first row with these <laughs> with these drones. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're like you know getting in everyone's way, and then they you know. Fred's drone hits these motorcycle gangs and it falls down and then it has this address on there and so the the motorcycle guy comes and and so that's it's pretty funny you know about watching a concert by drones and then the season finale is probably one of my favorite season finales because it really kind of combines all of what I've been talking about the hipster culture and the and the craziness um well it starts out that the the mayor Kyle McLaughlin he, he wants to impress this company that's trying to maybe build a factory in Portland and um and the company is Nokia so he starts this learns this whole elaborate like Japanese welcoming ceremony mm-hmm. and then of course the, the people from Nokia comes and Nokia is not a Japanese yeah, company Korea. it's actually um, no I think they're from Sweden <laughs> oh really so these two people <laughs> oh, okay. from Sweden show up Sorry. and he's like wait wait where's he's like we're not we're not in Japan we're from Sweden and so he's like can I do the ceremony anyways and like yeah, yeah. um but while that's happening is uh, have you guys ever heard of like it's like I think of oh, if I can pronounce it right, like Sukhaman ramen. People haven't really heard about. It. That's why I talk about the hipster culture. It's this ramen where you're not supposed to put the sauce on the on the ramen noodles. You're supposed to dip the noodles into the sauce. Oh. But these two characters, played by Fred and, and Carrie, they're at this restaurant, and the waiter tries to tell them exactly what you're supposed to do. And of course, they get all confused, and then they dump the sauce on the noodles, <laughs> which you're not supposed to do. And so later that night, their their leftovers, their noodle becomes you know alive. It, they create a monster, <laughs> and so this this noodle monster is like you know 
grows in size and starts terrorizing the uh, the, the citizens of Portland. But <laughs> the way it terrorizes them, it, it just like gets their clothes all messy. It like <laughs> puts sauce on their clothes, and it, it kind of ruins their shirt. Look like they spilled. Um, and so while this is happening, um, the mayor is is bringing around these delegates from Nogia, and they're seeing all these people with with stained shirts, and they're like, oh, "We don't want to build one here." And and so we're going to go to Seattle and build it, build it there. And so oh, and they can't go to Seattle. So in this in this uh, this series, Portlandia, there's this big um, rivalry between Seattle and Portland, and and in, in one of the episodes, the mayor sends Fred and Carrie to go door to door to. To Seattle people to get them to get them to move to Portland, <laughs> okay. and so it's just a it's just a really funny show. It's very odd. It's not. I mean, I wouldn't say some of the episodes are like kind of like belly laughs, but it's just it's a lot of the humor is subtle, mm-hmm. and um, and obviously it's not going to a big audience um, because of its it's very um, specific in its in, in, mm-hmm. in what it's trying to, to to skewer hipster culture. And if you don't really like hipster culture at all. You wouldn't like the show right. uh, because, like I said, it lovingly skewers hipster culture. Um, but for me, I've I've watched all six seasons, and I think it's it's hilarious. And um, it it kind of itches that weird, I guess, side of me, that mm-hmm. kind of bizarre side. Um, that's not you know not traditional comedy. There's no laugh track or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I, the first five seasons, you can find them on Netflix, Hulu, and stuff like that. So, um, like I said, it's only. The first season is only six episodes, and then most seasons are only ten episodes. So you can get through it pretty quick. So I got a question: Do <clears throat> in an, in an episode are they do they play just one one set of characters, oh, no. or well, it, is it revolving for like most episodes? There's all these different skits going on, and mm-hmm. sometimes the 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 they you know, will highlight like, some characters for for a bit, and then they'll go okay. to another thing, and then usually there's through lines throughout the episode. Yeah. Some episodes they just focus on two characters and they do the whole episode. Okay. Um, some of them they're like totally new characters that they mm-hmm. introduce and and they do a whole episode that way. And, okay. and so it's you never know what you're going to get with yep. Portlandia. That's what, another another part of I like it that it's just who knows what this episode is going to yeah. be like. Kind of some of them are hit random. and miss, cool. um, but it's pretty funny. The very first episode has these one characters, Dave and Kath. Um, they go to this restaurant and they. And they really want to know where their chickens come from. Um, they, want, they want to make sure they have a good life because they're like these free-range chickens. And so they go to the, like, well, before we can order, we need to go see where the chickens were raised. <laughs> and so they go uh, out to the country, out this farm, and then they end up being in a cult. So that, <laughs> that's kind of where some of the episodes awesome. go. Um, and they're in this cult for like years until someone finally <laughs> rescues them. And then they go back to the restaurant and they finally order. Oh, okay. So, you oh, know, okay. it's, okay. it's, it's, it's bizarre like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's Portlandia. Um, I don't even know when it airs. It's on the IFC channel. So I just have my DVR set for it. Yep. And, and yeah. um, it's gonna it's got picked up for seventh season, so awesome. they'll be coming back in the fall sometime. I'm assuming. Yeah. Most of it's on Netflix. Yeah, like I said, the first five seasons yeah. are on Netflix, so you can, you can like you know jump around and pick and choose because you know sometimes there's through lines throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's just one one off episodes. Yeah. Like I said, you never know what you're gonna get. And that's kind of what I like. It's like an adventure adventure watching TV. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I've been wanting to check it out, but never got around to it. But maybe finally this summer when there's no other TV on. <laughs> yeah. And you can binge watch it. Portlandia. You could, yeah. You can binge watch it like they like the, the Battlestar Galactica <laughs> episode. I think that's in the second season. Nice. <laughs> so that's my like. Um, I think next is Andrew. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about a movie that uh, Tim and I saw a couple weeks ago. Um, it's called Green Room. Um, it's directed by Jeremy Saulnier, um, and stars Patrick Stewart and Anton Yelchin and Aaliyah Shakat and Imogen Poots. Um, That's and, a fun name to say. Yeah, <laughs> just Poots, Poots, Poots. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so the, the plot summary from IMDb, without giving too much away, is uh, after witnessing a murder, a punk rock band is forced into a vicious fight for survival against a group of maniacal skinheads. Yes. Which is a fantastic plot summary. <laughs> and that's enough to get me to want to watch a movie. Um, yeah, it's, a, you know, sort of a, a thriller where characters are stuck in, you know, in an enclosed mm-hmm. space. You know, the, the movie takes place primarily in one location. 
um, with, you know, something trying to kill them, which makes for some, you know, some of my favorite movies or <laughs> movies like that. Um, uh, but what, 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 why I really like this one, uh, it, you know, for a couple reasons. Uh, one is all the characters actually act pretty smart and they do yeah. smart things. Okay. Right. Um, which is always great in, you know, a kind of horror movie. You're not, why are you doing this? Why, why don't go out there. That's the stupidest idea. Um, but for the most part, they all act in really, really smart ways. They do the things you want them to do mm-hmm. in those situations. And, you know, often they don't work out so well. Right. And not just, well, not just, I would, I would say just to, not just smart ways, but like, especially the one character is really scared. And so you could tell he's like, doesn't know what to do because he's, he's scared. And so some of the things that he's doing is because he's, he, he's scared. Mm-hmm. And which, it's a terrifying it situation. Sense, yeah. it does, that, even that makes sense though. That, yeah, exactly. The fear. Um, yeah, all the, all the characters are really great. Um, Patrick Stewart is phenomenal. Of course, I mean he's Patrick Stewart, right. um, but he, you know, when he shows up, like you can just tell that like he's commanding the situation. Like he know mm-hmm. he knows what's up, um, and it feels like he's you know dealt with this kind of stuff before. Um, and yeah, he's just you you know like he's quietly terrifying in this mm-hmm. movie. Yes, um, it's really really great. Um, the movie takes some pretty interesting turns. Um, it's got a lot of you know it's a horror movie, so there's some violence, but I think the scariest part of the violence is like how understated and almost casual it is at, yeah. at certain parts. Or, like, you know, you'll see, like, there's there's a scene, like, it, it like, still haunts me. Like, you see, like, this, you know, a, a, like, a belly gets sliced open. But, like, it happens almost out of frame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it happens almost out of frame, and it's so, like, understated and fast. And, like, the camera doesn't linger there. Like, it's just casual, almost, which makes it way scarier. Right. <laughs> because you're just like, wait, did I just see what I think I saw? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, yeah, like you just, you know, there's like en- entrails and stuff. Like it's, <laughs> it's not good. Um, but it was just, it's, you know, just like one fast motion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, it, it's, it's not the kind of movie that's, you know, that's it, focused on the, the gore and the violence. Right. Um, which means, you know, sort of like Tarantino, like, you know, Tarantino is known for all of, you know, the, the, a lot of the violent stuff that happens in the movie. But I, you know, for me, Tarantino, like the Tarantino movies, the, you know, it's it's the parts before the violence. It's, yeah. it's the yeah. parts that are making you wait for the violence yeah. to happen. Right. Like all the suspense in b- before that is what makes you know the the violence so intense. Yeah. Because there are all these parts where you know it's coming, but like it it just like it keeps you on the edge there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it does it really really great in this movie. Um, so yeah, when the, when the when the violence comes, it's way scarier because you know there it's short little bursts. Um, like I said, it, like it, it's almost casual. Um, which is which is great. Um, it it treats the audience like they're actually smart people, mm-hmm. which most horror movies don't do. Um, like you can tell that you're in part of this whole interesting world, but you're seeing through the the eyes of these characters that mm-hmm. aren't part of that world. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, as an audience member, you know that there's so much out there, and you like there's like this whole other you know story that's going on. And you, if you showed the same story, like you can make you could actually make a movie about. Like the antagonist in the, yeah. this movie, and yeah. I think it'd be from really, their really from their point of view, like what, what's yeah. going on, because you kind of like are just thrown into the story, like you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. So I love I love those kind of movies. Yeah, too. and you don't even need like you could tell like a pre you could tell an equi- like an interesting prequel to this movie mm-hmm. without the you know the, the protagonist characters, uh, just about like the group you know they're up against, mm-hmm. uh, which would, and it would be really interesting because you know that there's like this whole culture and this. You know, there's so much more to this story than we're seeing, uh, which is really great. Like, there's, like, it uh, just, you know, gives you little bits of information, like the importance of, like, red shoelaces mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you're, you're left to discover for yourself why they're important. Uh-huh. Um, but you know they are, and, and, like, as an audience member, it treats you like you're smart enough to figure that out. And also, really another thing I liked about it is it, it moves along at a pretty tidy pace. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of wasted scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's like just over like an hour and a half. I think it's like yeah. an hour and forty two minutes or something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's you're you're in and out like just getting this little slice of this world, um, without ruining. I love the last line of this movie so much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's so perfect. Um. And obviously, you can't give it away, but yeah. So if you if you like movies like that, you know your thrillers, your characters in an enclosed space. You know, you're you're diehard in uh, movies mm-hmm. where people are trying to get out of a thing. 
Um, so, you know, this is diehard in a green room, I guess. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I, I was just really impressed by it. Um, I need to go check out this guy's first movie, Blue Ruin. Which um, I have upstairs on, yes. on on DVD. Are all his movies about colors? Yes. <laughs> He's not great at naming things. He puts all of his energy into, you know... Awesome. The, the actual scripts and directing. So he's, you know, pick a color and a place. <laughs> and, and after Green Room, I went home and, and looked on IMDb, all the different actors and what they've been in before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people that are in Green Room are in Blue Ruin also. So he's, a, he's, he's one of these directors that yeah. uses the same, the kind of the same actors. Mm-hmm. They're very indie. Um, yeah. Which is another thing I like about it. They, so he can do, I think, a lot of more interesting, interesting things. Without like this big studio telling him to to change his his vision, yeah. So it kind of stays true to his vision. Yeah, I think one of the main characters in Blue Room was just like actually like a buddy of his that like he like he's like I know this guy is a great actor and he you know done some small parts. He's like, but you know I want to give him a bigger role mm-hmm. in one of my movies because I know this guy's going to be awesome. I think he was like the like the assistant or something in in Green Room. Mm-hmm. Um, Which he was excellent too. He's so great. That's why I was like, I really wanted to. That's why I went on DB. I'm like, who is this guy? Because he was phenomenal in in Green Room, and then then I find out he's the star of, of Blue Ruin. So I'm, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm, I'm excited to watch cool. it because he was so good. He was like, you, your eyes like could stay off this this character because he seems so authentic. He seems so real. He seemed like someone you know. Also, yeah, yeah the movie definitely goes to places I didn't expect. Um, like, at, I spent, you know, a whole good chunk of the beginning just trying to figure out, like, who's, like, the protagonist of this movie? <laughs> like, right. where's this going? Um, oh, I also really like how it portrays these, you know, the kids, like, you know, in, the, in this rock band, uh, sort of, you know, they, you know, we're talking about, like, indie culture and stuff mm-hmm. like that with Portlandia, the, you know, these are people that are trying real hard to portray a certain image, mm-hmm. you know, of this, you know, this tough rock band. Um, they, they, you know, are getting interviewed uh for like a, a radio show at one point and they're giving like all of their like super you know what's your what's your desert island band they're like trying to one-up each other and find right. like the most like obscure like authentic right like band you know stuff stuff like that yeah um and then you know as, as things progress you you figure you find out that you know it's maybe a little bit more of a facade than you know you you think it is which mm-hmm. I, I found really interesting right um, movie's great. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, highly recommend it. I'm super excited to check out Blue Ruin and whatever this guy does next. I'll, yeah, cool. I'll be, you know, first in line for. So, right. r- really looking forward to it. Awesome. Yep. Rest. I guess I'm up. Huh? Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about something I usually don't talk about, um, and that politics. Yeah. Movie choice. Don't like a video game. <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you guys ever uh, played Talos, the Talos Principle? I have not. I have not it's, either. Uh, it's beautiful and wonderful. Um, I came across this uh, a few months ago and got it on Steam and just started playing. This is before I had, you know, the full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but, uh, those jobs. Yeah. But it was, um, it's, it's set in, it's a first-person, not shooter, a first-person, like, puzzle-solving game. So you wake up... Um, and the voice of God is talking to you. He mm. calls himself Elohim, and he calls you my child, and gives you this garden to play in. And um, it's it's just really a gorgeous, uh, gorgeously done scenery and everything. And and you have to go around and and uh, figure out what's going on. Basically, um, you you don't know much more than that Elohim is sometimes talking to you. And and there's these computer terminals that you log into, and they give you more of the story, sort of, but it's all very obscure mm. and disjointed. But meanwhile, you're going around and you're, you're, uh, you're going into ruins and, and figuring out how to get to this, they call them sigils. They look like little um, um, Tetris shapes. Okay. And you gather all these, and then once you get enough of them, you can plug that into another computer terminal and get to another spot, you know. Nice. And uh, so... But the puzzles in here are ingenious because it's it's an entire environment that you go into and you have to get through doors and stuff by aiming beams of light at, you know, at something. And it's always this big triangulation you have to do with these crystals that you have. And, and then there's other things like a jammer that can jam a door open and or jam one of the things that are trying to kill you or... Um, 
there's fans that you can jump on and they catapult you over over things and so you you just go around and you figure out you take like a survey of where you are first and see what the different places are and and what what do I need to get to because you can always kind of see where it is but how do you get to so it's mm. like a big maze and and uh there's like 120 of these puzzles so oh, wow it takes a while to get through all of it and and as the story progresses you you find out that you're not human. Okay. You know, I think I think as soon as you wake up, you hold your hand up in front of your face, and you can see it's a robotic you know, okay. hand. So you know that you're not human, but are you? You know, mm. and that's part of the fun of the game is you go through um, and read, you know, these things on the computer screens. You find out that a lot of it is emails between the developers of the game that you find out that you're in. <laughs> okay. So you're actually, you know, playing a game and you're inside a computer simulation in the game. So It's very meta. It's very meta. But uh it, it's just I was sucked right into it and uh it's it's gorgeous graphics. Um I know this is a podcast, but I can show you guys and then we can link to it. <laughs> we'll we'll describe it for yeah. you guys. But this is that's who you are and that's Oh wow. Some of the, hmm. you know, one of the, uh, this is actually from the downloadable content that came next, which I'm playing through right now, oh, okay. but, uh, because it's like, man, for five bucks, I'm going to play that again. Sure. But, uh, so as you're going through this game, Elohim keeps talking about this tower that's in the middle of everything and you can go anywhere but the tower. So of course you, you end up going to the tower, to the tower right. you know, yeah. After, yeah. check out tower. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can get so far <laughs> in the tower and then you have to go find more of these sigil things and then you can get further and. He keeps warning you that no, you're not. This isn't meant for you. So it's it's very Garden of Edenish, you know. Um, like you can you can play anywhere except for there. So of course, <laughs> where do you go? You go there. Yeah. Um, but there's different there's different lands here. Like one looks like ancient Egypt. Um, one looks like like a French cathedral castle thing, and um, there's some just ruined places that kind of look like Pompeii. So you. In each of the different sections, you know, it's always slightly different, and but the puzzles are similar enough that you know the early puzzles are like a tutorial level sort of, and you get to know how things act. My favorite kind of puzzle is where you have to use a uh, a computer terminal that actually records your actions, and then you play that back, and you have your own clone that does what you just did, and then you can interact with that oh, cool. in order to get further in and everything in the puzzle when you're recording it is there for the so like if you need a jammer in two different places you've set up the jammer you start recording and when you're done recording you play it back and then you go take the jammer but the jammer clone is still there so okay. it's you know it's holding a door open or whatever for you so so it is all these things you kind of had to discover as you went along yeah. in the game. You have no idea. You have no idea when you start. So and it reminds me of, of what's that, that game that missed. Missed. Uh, I, and was... missed I spent hours playing because <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. And it just like immersed in this in this world. And Mist was very, you know, first generation mm -hmm. games like that. Yeah. But it still pulled you in. The graphics weren't fantastic. But, right. you know, it's still But for the in. time they were pretty For the amazing. time they were great. And... And uh, so once I saw this game, I'm like, eh, that reminds me of, you know, Mist or Portal. Um, yeah. And, you know, Portal's a One of the beautiful game. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, so, this doesn't have quite the good writing that Portal right. had. <laughs> Stephen Merchant isn't helping you along. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, this this game is really, really gorgeous. So there are things that are trying to kill you? There are, in part of the puzzles, there are these mine things. I mean, they're like floating balls that... You can get around if you're far enough away, but if if they sense you, like if you're ten feet, and sometimes you have to you have to run by one mm. of them, so they will they come and will blow you up. Okay, and and you have infinite life, so it's just you know frustrating that right. you get blown up. But uh, but it's it's yeah, it's really gorgeous, and and I'm currently playing the second you know the downloadable content part, and I'm stuck on a puzzle. I have no idea, but that's part of the fun of it is figuring out oh can I break this rule somehow like. Usually you're stuck inside the puzzle. You can't take anything out of them. There's like these force fields that if you try to carry one of the, the crystals or something out, it just it drops it. Yeah. But I found in this puzzle I'm currently at that I can climb up and go outside the door Ooh. taking something. And then how do I use that? I don't know yet. But <laughs> so so who, who developed it? Do you know? It's uh, uh, And you say you got it on Steam? Out. Yeah. 
I guess Crow, it's re- Crow Team. Crow Team. It's a Croatian developer. Okay. So, but the more and more you interact with the with the uh, the game itself and the the computer screens, it just comes become becomes kind of philosophical about what does it mean to be human and okay. and are these you know the AI that you are does that are you human or are you not and and the and there's obviously been versions of you that have gone before in the game. You keep getting messages from other players, supposedly, you know, and so it's just it's kind of an interesting thing about what does it mean to be to be human or to have intelligence right. and so highly recommend it. Yeah. It'll take you a long time to play it. So, so how many hours have you got into it so far? I'm sure that I've played it over twenty four hours. Oh wow, um, okay. Nice. And then it has replayability because in each level there's these stars that are in harder places to get. And if you collect okay. all the stars, I don't know what you get, yeah. but I haven't gone and done that. But <laughs> so I guess you 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 download it for your Mac, then you play yeah. it on your Mac. Yeah. So okay. so it's and, Mac PC and, game. Yeah, and I just saw that you can download it on the Android phone. I'm assuming you can do it on a on a iOS your nice. iOS device. But uh, yeah, definitely worth it. So okay, great. Well, after this short break, we'll return with our dislikes. You just heard whatever I put in during this. <laughs> it was this awesome. Break. I think during yeah. post production, I don't know what I'm going to be in there yet, but yeah, once, I, I'm assuming it's going to be awesome since I put it in there. <laughs> so on this round, we're gonna we're gonna go in reverse order, like like usual. And uh, so Russ, you're up with your first. Uh, you're up oh, first yeah, with your first dislike. Dislike. So for my like, I went with something I don't usually do. For my dislike, I'll do something I usually do. <laughs> another movie trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I really hope this movie is better than the trailer, but um, it's USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. Okay. So Is this about the... It's about the USS Indianapolis, which was referenced in Jaws. You know, Quint makes a great speech great about it. Great scene in Jaws. Best, yeah. That that story that he tells is much better than this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, for a background, you know, the USS Indianapolis delivered the atomic bomb to um, Tinian Island... And then on the way back, um, was torpedoed by a Japanese um, sub and sank. And they were on a super secret mission. So there was, you know, the distress called, or nobody knew they were missing for a week or something like that. Anyway, so lots of the people went to the water. Not so many came out because of sharks and, and you know, being in the ocean forever. So um, this movie is directed by Mario Van Peoples. Okay. Um Stars Nicolas Cage as oh, the captain. I need to see it then. Awesome. And uh, I forget who else is in it. Um, I should have I should have had notes, but anyway, there's some there's some you know big big name people in it. Uh, but the trailer looks like they the the way that they sold the movie. I'm sure to the studio. It's like okay, we got Jaws, we got Pearl Harbor, and we got Titanic. If we put them all together. <laughs> This would make an awesome movie, and uh, <laughs> so it, that's what the trailer looks like. It looks like it's a mishmash of those three movies because there's a scene straight out of Jaws with a shark coming up. You know, it looks like that's that's a, that's a shot from Jaws. There's a shot from Titanic with the uh, the stern of the boat going uh, down. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I saw Rose and uh, <laughs> Rose and Jack. On, Rose and Jack on the back of it, but yeah. I saw somebody was sitting on the back of with it. With their violin players yeah. playing as the ship goes down. And then there's all kinds of explosions and uh and you know, Japanese zeros flying over and all this stuff. It's like but they were torpedoed by a sub. I don't know what <laughs> what the uh you know I, so I don't know with it. where all those come but from, but it yeah, it looks it looks like a uh, um, 
a movie that just is a mishmash of everything, and I'm, I, there looks like there's a love story Which in it. Which means it's going to be awesome, it's right? Be awesome. Yeah. Should be awesome. <laughs> Which Nicolas Cage are we getting? Are we getting crazy Nicolas Cage? Are we getting like understated Nicolas Cage? He looks Cage? like he's super serious because he's the captain okay. of the ship. And and actually, the captain was court-martialed afterwards, mm. uh, and that's that looks like that's what part of this movie is. So I'm really hoping that the movie itself is better than the trailer, but... Uh, and it, I mean, it's a, it was a great story, um, you know, the actual story of what happened. And and I forget if he was uh, exonerated or if he, you know, mm. actually got got uh, demoted or whatever for for it. But uh, did the sharks look uh, look pretty fake? A little CGI ish, or do they look? They look like a combination of fake and real. Okay. So you know, I don't know. But uh, yeah. <laughs> there's also another. I like I like shark movies generally, mm-hmm. so I, I might be interested in seeing this. But there's another. I saw another. I forget the name of it. There's another shark movie with like Blake Lively, and it's it's like um you know human against nature. She's she's stuck on this buoy by herself, and she's and the tide's coming up. Or or she's on a on a, on like a a rock outcropping, and and she's got to get mm-hmm. to this buoy. So. It looks it looks interesting. Um, the shark looks actually pretty cool. It looks this. more realistic, and um, but it's one of these like you know man against nature type things yeah. where she's got to like use her wits to try to survive this this shark attack. And uh, so it should, it, I like shark movies, so I'm I'm interested in that, <laughs> and I might <laughs> check out the trailer for this. Uh, check it out. Yep. It's called USS Indianapolis. Men of Courage. Men of Courage, which is okay. a terrible name for the movie. Yeah. Why didn't they just call it like Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. You know, an intriguing title, at right. least. So. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like some, you know, A&E documentary. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> um, we need to come up with, like, a, a segment name for Russ. Watches trailers that make him grumpy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> some theme music yeah. and everything. Yeah. I'll, I'll, make have, a, have a little... I'll make a logo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. We can, we can put it on the episode page every time. <laughs> Well, there's some film critics that just re- they, they just stay away from trailers because you know trailers nowadays there's a whole you know marketing team and a yeah. whole industry about just making trailers and sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad sometimes they give away the whole right uh, the whole plot of the movie and sometimes they give away spoilers. Um, look at you, Terminator Genesis, <laughs> and, also Batman v Superman, and Batman v Superman. <laughs> yes, um, so you know it's one of those things where where Trailers are a hit and miss. I mean, some trailers are really good. Hello, pop star. Yeah. Some trailers are are just you know really yep. bad. Yep. So all right, that's uh, that's Russ's dislike. You're up next, Andrew. All right, I'm also going to talk about one of my favorite things to talk about, <laughs> uh, and that is Spider Man. All right. <laughs> um, so apparently, uh, this article came out a couple days ago um, in a Canadian paper, um, but. Uh, Canadian authorities have given tickets to a guy who plays Spider-Man. Um, uh, his name is Mark Zilio. He's a busker and performs as Peter Parkour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was given uh, two tickets on May 17th. Um, hey, it's my birthday. Yeah, he was ticketed for busking too close to an intersection and uh, ticketed because his performance may have perform- posed a danger to the public. Um, clearly this is just some kind of supervillain plot to mess with Spider-Man yeah. again. You know, this paper, obviously run by J. Jonah Jameson and his media <laughs> right. empire, you know, to tarnish the good name of Peter Parkour. Um, yeah, so this guy is uh, facing fines up to like $5,000 just because he wanted to help people and make the world a better place. Right? Um, but, you know, yeah. I mean, and he's Canadian, so I'm sure he's saying Suri. Um, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot. So many times. I'm sure um, the, the police who were giving this fine were really apologetic when they were giving this fine. Yeah. Hey, we're we're sorry to do this to you, but we've got to give you this ticket. Yeah, and there wasn't even a complaint. Like, <laughs> it wasn't because, like, he wasn't fine because of some complaint. There were just some officers walking down the street that were clearly in the pocket of Norman Osborne or someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we got to get this, you know, Spider-Man menace. <laughs> Um, they wrote him the two tickets, so he, you know, is supposed to appear in court, um, and he's basically saying, you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, he would have to unmask, like, to yeah. appear in court. Um, it's, you know, you, you, they're talking about him being in danger to the public, but, you know, if I learned anything from, you know, <laughs> Civil War, it's, you know, the the fight, you know, the superheroes need to be free to fight the way they need to fight. <laughs> so the Sokovia um, Accords are real, man. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get this guy in Canada. Yeah, it's absurd. 
Um, so it just made me really, really angry. I think, you know, stuff like this should not be allowed to happen. You know, we need to protect our superheroes. Um, this guy is trying to make the world a better place. He's even using, you know, good climbing safety. You know, he says, whenever I climb, I use three points of contact. You know, that's just basic ladder safety. <laughs> right. Um, he never goes higher than one story when he's doing, you know, the the um, the show for the the kids and whatnot. He's, you know, he's just trying to be out there and making a living um, <laughs> because he's he's so busy fighting crime the same way, you know, Peter Parker had to sell uh, photographs. Like, he's just trying to, you know, do a little bit of busking and, and showboating <laughs> to make ends meet. So is there any way that the public can uh, come to his defense, or is there any kind of, like... Uh... I think we could overthrow Canada. <laughs> um, Which Tim like, would be all for, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> like, we just, you know, just absorb it. Hey, I met some, I met some very nice States. Canadians recently, so, you know, um, might be changing my opinion about, about Canada. <laughs> yeah, like, these, these, you know, fancy cops decided to just... You know, they were on a routine patrol where this guy always hangs out. <laughs> Just, you know, observe these quote-unquote infractions. Uh, yeah, and decided to write some tickets. And now Peter Parkour is, you know, supposed to, you know, supposed to pay up to $5,000 fines. That's a hefty fine. Yeah. Well, it's a Canadian dollars, all right? Yeah, so I guess so it's, it's like, like $2 American. <laughs> Yeah, nine nine fifty maybe. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what's going on. They claim that it's 100% about safety. Um, and, you know, public access and ensure that we have a downtown that's going to work for everyone because apparently he was blocking an intersection with all of his adoring fans. <laughs> um, and, hey, and he even agreed. He said, you know, when they told me I was a little bit too close and blocking some traffic, we moved. Like, he's he seems like a good guy. Trying to save Canada. Um, you know, just one... Maple Leaf at a time. <laughs> so, is there any videos of, of his of his show at all that we could see? Have you found any videos? Uh, there is a video on this uh, website. I'd love um, to link to that website. Maybe yeah, show notes. Yeah. It's citynews.ca, um, which I assume is for Canada and not, not Columbia Association. Right. Uh, <laughs> but who who knows? Also, this this article is riddled with typos. <laughs> So I'm not okay. really, really sure how great now, this source is. Are they typos or are they like just the Canadian way to spell things? Could be. I don't know. Do they spell <laughs> like, random U's in there? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's like E in story, so like story. Maybe mm. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> wow. So I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Lots of extra letters. It seems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it was just hastily written in an attempt to to tarnish this man's yeah. reputation. Right. But yeah, made, made me angry, and I wanted to share it with our tens of listeners. <laughs> to be so outraged with you. Once again, Andrew. There are dozens of us. Once again, Andrew with his public service announcement. <laughs> the evils of Zootopia, right. and now the yeah. um, yep. the the the, um, the hardship injustice, in yeah, the injustice happening in Canada. Yeah, our neighbor to the north. America. Yeah, this guy's just trying to fight for justice. Exactly. Canada, America's hat. Yeah. Unsung hero, Peter Parkour. <laughs> I love it. That's a great name. <laughs> As I want to see his I want to see his show now. I want to yep. see his, his parkour moves. Well, my my dislike is um is about the uh the upcoming two thousand I guess sixteen fall season and some of the shows that won't be coming back mm, uh, that I that I adore. Um and the main one is the grinder. So I, I, I actually talked about that oh. as one of my likes, but uh, Fox has canceled the grinder after only one season. And I thought throughout the whole season it was it was just mm-hmm. spot on, perfect with its comedy. Um, I guess someone else. I guess they didn't want to try to give it another shot. But that's the biggest one. But but yeah, grandfathered also. Yeah, is, I I love that show. So I didn't much. get into that, but maybe after yeah. I could watch it on Netflix to watch the one season, and maybe I'll get I'll get mad about it. But yeah. I don't know. Um, um, the league from um, Fox is is being canceled. Yeah, well, they they knew this was the last season before they started shooting it. So Mike and Molly got canceled. I never watched that. The Muppets, another show that I thought you know has some good comedy. There was maybe some reworking to be done, but they outright mm-hmm. just canceled the Muppets. I mean, there was some funny, funny, uh, funny stuff going on there. I didn't like all of it, but I was willing to give it a shot. No surprise of Kings and Prophets by ABC got canceled after only what. Two three episodes, three episodes, something. two episodes. Yeah, that's not coming back. That's not that's not a big shocker. Um, uh, C- CBS canceled Supergirl, 
which I adored. But luckily, yeah, the CW did. picked it up. Yeah, mm. it's, it's, so it's it going to be turned. It wasn't really canceled. Yeah, but but still, um, CBS kind of like but, you know, for them in their eyes, they probably like canceled it. Like, yeah, we're not. Well, gonna CBS give us... owns CW. Oh, okay. Like, well, so they're yeah, like they're putting it to their, their, yeah, their yeah. subsidiary. So they're they're, they're slashing the budget. They'll probably yeah. lose close to Flockhart um, uh, for most of it. Yeah, like she might guest star. I, I would imagine, but I don't think she'll be a, a regular anymore. Maybe we'll see some more. You know, Flash. Supergirl or oh no they are, they announced Supergirl. they're they're working on a four way crossover with Legend of Tomorrow and Whoa. Arrow and Flash and, <laughs> and Supergirl, which could be a mess or could be a really yeah good. it's gonna be something I'm gonna watch it <laughs> but yeah so I mean Castle Castle got was a, a love show um got canceled Nashville um, another I thought was a pretty popular show um, so they're just like slashing shows but then I mean I love Fox but now they're I saw a a preview for this Jason Jason Sudeikis show, where he plays like a cartoon character, um, kind of like almost like He Man. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like uh, it's like live action and cartoon. Um, it could be funny, but it's like that's kind of a weird, you know. I, yeah, I, I can't see that getting a a, a really big it's audience unless it's good. super hilarious, which it could be. Could I don't be. know, but like they so they greenlight that, but then they cancel the grinder, which I thought had a really good thing going, and I was really excited mm-hmm. for for yeah. season. For season two, there's some great guest stars on that. Timothy Oliphant, yeah, I playing love Timothy him. Oliphant was <laughs> hilarious. But alas, we only got we got yeah. we only got one season of The Grinder. Maybe maybe we'll spin it off to Grinder New Orleans or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we could see what like five years from now what happens to Timothy Oliphant's character. Right. Like after that after that show, right? I, I would watch that. And another like a joint um, American British show, You and Me and the Apocalypse. I really liked. Um, they're not picking that up, and it kind of like really kind of like ended, and you're like, oh man, it kind of almost knowing that it's not going to be picked up, you're like, I want to know what's going on because yeah. it, it ended, and you're like, I did, you're like, no, that can't be the way it ended, um, but yeah, it ended, and and no more, hmm. um, and I thought that was a pretty interesting um, premise, and yeah, I like that show a lot, but... and it was very quirky and 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 uh, very weird, but and you could tell it was very very British um, in, mm-hmm. in the way it acted, but yeah, so you and me and the apocalypse is not coming back, but. That had Rob Lowe in it also. Um, he got double canceled this Double season. canceled. Poor Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah. I think they retroactively like removed him from season two of The West Wing or something. <laughs> His whole also. character line of Parks and Rec yeah. is gone. Yeah. Uh, Seaborn's gone from like, just a season of West Wing. He left a year early now. Yeah. So, but that's, so that's, you know, I mean, we know. Yeah. Somehow Sleepy Hollow got picked up for fourth season. Exactly. <laughs> Which is a huge crime in my, in my book. You know, we talked about how bad it is, but then they they bring that back and and good comedy shows. Um, and I like you know I like I like my dramas, but I like my comedy also. And uh, who knows? But once again, I think, and we've talked about it, the whole like network TV for some reason, you know, grind uh, the grinder. You never knew it was going to be a new or an episode, and it's like oh, a new episode, and then like two weeks of reruns, and then like two mm-hmm. new episodes, and then it, so it was really spotty the way they the way they do things yeah. and. And for me, it, it kind of—I think that sometimes leads to confusion with the public, and they're like, "When when the show's on," and then they don't give it a shot because of because of the network. Yeah, the man, the man is taking away our shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they also give us the shows, so you're right. I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have had Grinder if someone came yeah. in a box, which I wish so... they would have, you know, stuck with it because we've all seen. Really good series that started out really bad. You talked about it last time with the, with the 100. Seinfeld started out really rough. The Simpsons started out yeah. really rough. Yeah. Um, Parks and Rec actually started out really rough. The Office first season was just like it almost just copying the the British one until mm-hmm. they kind of found their their legs and and their comedy writing. Um, and so sometimes you gotta you gotta give it a chance. But you know. and Grinder started off hilarious. It did, and it was yeah. kept being hilarious throughout the whole yeah. season. And Grandfather got great really really fast. So yeah, but so that's that's my dislike. My my some of my favorite shows gone, um, um, and never to be seen again. So yeah. what can you do? Buy it on DVD. There you go. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait for the next thing to come along. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Galavan also got canceled, which yes, no, no one is and, surprised about. And, and Agent, Agent Carter, Carter, which were two good. I thought mid-season replacements. So yeah, I don't know. Marvel's Most Wanted got canceled before it began. Yeah. Um, so maybe Bobby and Hunter. Can I would like to see. I would like to see maybe you know Netflix got this whole Marvel 
cinematic universe t- television thing going on with with Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and now what's um, Luke Luke Cage? Luke Cage is coming out, Iron and Fist, Iron Fist, Defenders, Pun- Defenders, Bye. Punisher. <laughs> so they should just pick up. I think they should pick up uh, Agent Carter. And uh, what's, it, yeah. what's the other one? What was it called? Marvel's Most Wanted. But Marvel's Most Wanted. I never Most wanted that show to exist. Wasn't Most Wanted. Yeah, it was, it was unwanted. They, it, that's the second time it got canceled before going to series. Wow. Like, they almost made it last year, and then they didn't, and then they are going to make it again this year, and they wrote the characters that, you know, were supposed to be starring in Out of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and Right. So I'm just hoping that, I don't, I don't need that show. Just put those, two, those are my favorite characters on S.H.I.E.L.D. Just throw them back on there and make that show better. Right. The show's way better with Hunter and Bobby. Right. Yeah, and because they uh, they they brought a a great um, dynamic to the to the team, I think that kind of kind of got lost yeah. with them not on it. That almost that lighthearted part of it, because no, I don't think anyone else had their any anywhere near their um, their charm or sense of humor. Yeah, they they were my favorite part of the show. So yeah. I'm hoping they they make their way back out of you know Russian exile, right, <laughs> or whatever it was. Well, you know, well, not, I won't do any spoilers of the of the season finale of, of Agents of Shield, but uh, you know, there's a possibility they could come back. Yeah, I'll see why not. Well, that's our show for this week. Uh, once again, I'm Tim. I'm Russ, and I'm Andrew. Please go and like us on uh, iTunes. You can rate us. You can go onto our Facebook page. You can find us on the web, pumpingironypodcast.com, dot com, and, uh, and and interact with us. We'd love to interact with you guys. The tens of listeners we have. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. We're out. I, I, when I was young, I, I should have known better. And I can't feel no. And you don't feel